Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hello and welcome inside. It is The DP Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Dan and the Danettes today on Middle Finger Monday. We already have a theme. It'll be Middle Finger Monday all day long. Now, I'm not condoning... Middle finger, I'm not, but it's, I mean, after Kyrie yesterday, it's got to be middle finger Monday, Mike Harmon. We have no choice. Yeah, I think obviously, we, you know, we, we take from the headlines and we try to ascribe a feel uh, and an excitement, right? People did their 40 days of Lent and maybe fasting, right? Maybe you gave up some sugar. Maybe you gave up alcohol. Maybe you gave, gave up, up the NFL. Cursing. Like Tom Brady gave up the uh, NFL yeah. for 40 days. I, yeah. I, I was really happy to see so many people jump on the joke that I think I made uh, on our show in the evenings on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, well, about 45 days ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> when Tom Brady made the made the comeback announcement. But, I mean, we got that. And we've got day baseball because we've got the marathon game. So we'll have that. That'll start during our day here on Fox Sports Radio and for the DP show. This is so huge. So huge. Yeah. So much going on in the sporting universe. It is. But, you know, look, I mean, clearly there's there's days and there's days, you know, I mean, middle finger Monday now that and it's got to be also behind the head middle finger Monday. Well, sure. that, that might have been my style favorite. with it. Yeah. yeah, that might have been my favorite one, you know, from Kyrie yesterday. Not it was, you know, middle giving middle fingers to the fans, but just behind his head, giving the middle fingers before an inbounding play. Now that that's now that that's that's next level right there. So maybe it's behind the head. Middle finger Monday, it may, like that, like when when. So it's when you walk by somebody, you got to got to check and make sure they're not doing that to you. Well, I mean, you got to get a little bit creative, 
right? I mean, obviously you got some angst. And like I said, maybe you gave up a lot of that stuff for the Lenten season. Doesn't mean you have to get it all back in one day. <laughs> I'm giving um, up giving the middle finger to <laughs> well, people for but, Lent. But maybe, uh, you know, but now I'm back with a vengeance. Now but, I'm know, back, yes. <laughs> but kinder, gentler, all of those things. And you've bottled up some emotions and some angst. Uh, may, maybe you're back on the roads uh, on a Monday morning, right? Maybe coming off a spring break. So, you know, you've got drivers that are irking you early, which means middle finger Monday is going well, to well, well, now wait a minute. Now wait. Now, <laughs> on the road, I think every day is middle finger Monday, right? You well, live, but, live but, every day like it's middle finger Monday. But maybe you celebrate Monday. it with a little bit more gusto today. Uh, true. Uh, okay. And for Kyrie Irving, the fact that this becomes the number one topic, Ooh. you know, NBA playoffs begin, right? We had some spicy and exciting NBA play-in games last week where all the get-off-my-lawn guys were there. Oh, I hate this. This is terrible. There are this many games. Did you watch basketball? Do you like basketball? Because if you like basketball, you got more competitive <laughs> basketball. So what's the problem? Wow, you're like you're like middle-fingering it already, the people that don't like the playing round. Yes! <laughs> yeah, well, I did. I did right there because, you know, I, I had a couple of days off, right? Bring the audience in to everything, right? My kids were on spring break, so it became the let's run around a little bit and have a little dad-daughter time and, and investigate, you know, Southern California and some of the stuff you don't get to do running around with all everybody's schedules becoming so busy. And, and that was the one thing that broke through anytime I checked in on social media, you know, just keep it a prize, what you guys were talking about in my absence in the evening. And it's just like, what, what, what's wrong with people? You, you, you like all this other, you like free stuff everywhere else. They gave you a couple of free basketball games with some young superstars that maybe you don't watch every night and you're complaining about it. Okay, if they go on and create an upset scenario, you'll be the first people to write segments, to do multiple segments on what a great upset it is, and where does this rank and whatever. So you know what? They've got to have a chance in order to write those storylines. And if they go out and get waxed, they're going to get waxed. Then, then, then you move on and you're, you're back. To, it's like the first rounds of the NCAA tournament. Everybody gets all giddy about them. Hey, upsets, we're going to see some craziness. And then they get it and they're like, Oh, man, this screws up the rest of the tournament. It's like, all right, stop complaining. You can't have it both ways. So the beginning of the NBA plans, Mike Harmon off to a roaring start on Middle Finger Monday. Yes. You just wait, uh, baby. <laughs> we get big days. We have big games. We have tons of stuff to get to. But clearly, the Celtics' last gasp victory over the Nets yesterday is, is still the biggest story. And we'll start with Kyrie Irving and his middle fingers and his cursing and all of that because – uh, that's the, you know, that's something that even for Kyrie, maybe you sit back and go, huh, couple of times during the game, very unhappy with the Celtics fans said he was being yelled at during the game. He decided I'm going to give it right back to you a couple of different times, you know, sticking his middle fingers up at the crowd after the game was over. There's video and audio of him walking to the locker room. Fan yells out Kyrie, you suck. And then Kyrie yells back to the fan. Uh, Something that we can't say. Yeah. Uh, and then in the post-game press conference, we got this from Kyrie Irving explaining his behavior and why he did what he did during the game. Let's take a listen. You know, it's nothing new when I come into this building, what it's going to be like, but it's the same energy they have for me, and I'm going to have the same energy for them. And it's not every fan. I don't want to attack every fan, every Boston fan, but, um, you know, when people start yelling <laughs> and all this stuff, it's but so much you can take. Uh, as a competitor and um, you know we're the ones expected to be docile and be humble and take a humble approach not 
that's the playoffs. This is what it is. You know, I, I've, I know what to expect in here, and it's the same energy I'm giving back to them. All right, now, first things first. If he really doesn't want to do that for every fan, he needs the burger time. Blank you, blank you, blank you. You're cool. Blank you. You're cool. You're cool. Blank you, blank you. That's kind of what he needs to do. But here's where I'm going to zig when you think I'm going to zag on Kyrie Irving, Mike Harmon, because I've told you many times, look, the wild card the guy is and and so many things and, and how unpredictable and unreliable he can be. Honestly, I don't care that much about his middle fingers and his cursing. I, I really don't. Because, number one, it's not like it's affecting him on the court. Clearly, it's not like if, if he had a game where he's worried about the fans and he's flipping everybody off and he's shooting four for 23 and he scores 12 points and has a horrible game. All right. No, clearly it's not affecting him on the court because he nearly was the hero yesterday. Hits the big three at the end of the, the end of the fourth quarter. 39 points on the night for him. He shoots great. I mean, he was phenomenal yesterday. He's also right about the fans. You know, fans have gotten much more emboldened in the last few years uh, about wanting to be part of the action with the, with the players and wanting to yell at them and do certain things. And, and I get it. Players have, have gotten sick of it. They're kind of sick of, all right, now fans feel like they can do and say whatever they want to us. Some fans want to throw popcorn. Some fans want to be able to yell at them as they go through. There's so many things. So I get it. I get that the players feel like, all right, we're kind of we're being we're being singled out here even more so than before, and they get a little upset about it. I under, I understand that. I get that part of it. You'd rather he not do it. You'd rather he not you know spend time. All right, why, why are you flipping off the fans? Why are you doing this? Why are you getting them involved in it? But that's just who he is, and that's what a lot of players are. So uh, you know, I, I get his point with it. I'm sure he's going to get fined, and I'm sure maybe he gets fined a couple of times because you know he had four different instances of of, <laughs> yeah. of middle fingers and cursing. So. I, I don't know that he's going to get that one fifty thousand dollar fine for everything, but you know you'd rather him not do that, obviously. And, and it is a rude gesture when I see him doing it. And you know, there's a couple of kids that are behind him going, "What's that all about, Dad?" I mean, it's like, uh, oh man. But listen, it's it's a basketball game. They're, you know, they're yelling at him, and and, and people are yelling back. I, I, I it, look, I, like I said, I'd rather him not do it. But it's not like this is not the end all be all. It's not like Kyrie Irving is suddenly off the deep end. This is just part of who he is. And and it, this is not a shocking thing. This is not something that's taking him out of his game. I mean, like I said, look at the game he had yesterday. He was fantastic yesterday. He was the only net starter in the plus column. All right, that's how that's how well he played. Everybody else was terrible. He had a phenomenal game, and this just goes along. This is like I guarantee you, he walked off this game going, "Yeah, whatever," with the middle fingers and the cursing. Yeah, I don't care. It's it's not like boy, I'm really out of my element now, and I got I got to get refocus myself and sprinkle some sage back on the court whenever I play. No, he, th- this was part of what it is. I'm sure. I'm sure he's already let this go. Yeah, whatever. It happened. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm flipping off the fans and I'm saying what's happening to me, and I'm moving on. So I, I don't think this is the end all be all for Kyrie Irving. This is very on brand for him, clearly to say, "All right, hey, uh, look at what's being done to me." So I'm going to give it right back to them. On brand for him, but as far as the overall impact on it, eh, I, I think we're making a little bit too much of it. Well, but that. But that's the thing, right? As we start the playoffs and you start looking for storylines, you already had one in this, right? Remember him sitting on the court going, I'll be here as long as you want me. And then he was quick to bounce. It's it's The timing is is funny, right? I, and for those that haven't caught up on winning time, and I'm not spoiling anything because uh, you've seen the advance uh, for this week's episode, it's a lot about Lakers going into Boston for a game. 
uh, and dealing with fans. So so you'll get a, a few minutes of what it was like back when Magic was a rookie uh, going into Boston and getting schooled by the veterans about what the town uh, was all about and how they spoke to uh, the opposition coming in. But for Kyrie Irving, yeah, it's it's certainly something Adam Silver wasn't hoping that would be the the start, especially the way the game ended, right? The frenetic play with a layup at the buzzer and everybody looking around going, what just happened? On both sides, mm-hmm. except for Tatum, who, who scored it. Like, yeah! Everybody else looking around going, whoa, whoa, oh, yeah, whoa. Yeah. We, had, we played good defense. They're moving yeah. the ball. This is kind of crazy pace. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that anticipation, if you were going to score it like you were in a movie, right, that's one where the string section is really starting to get high and tight and all of that. See, we went and saw movies, Jason. Mm. We did a lot of that, a lot of musicals. So uh, that's on the brain. But, uh, you know, now I want to score basketball games uh, with some music. So Adam Silver doesn't want to deal with this. You mentioned the fact that you have four different infractions. So let's see if he, he doesn't get a multiplier effect and have a big $200,000 fine before it's all said and done. Uh, but it also gets people juiced about the playoffs, right? And about this matchup in particular. And that's good for business overall because they're still on some level in New York lamenting the fact that neither Los Angeles team is here and around and that people are spending a lot of time dissecting Kyle Kuzma and LeBron James going back and forth on Twitter. It's like, no, 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 watch the games. Watch the games. Don't worry about what these guys are doing on Twitter uh, and commenting about their uh, other failures and how teams get built and whatever. A lot, lot of uh, little armchair quarterbacks and pokes going at the organization, but plenty of time to discuss that. With Kyrie Irving, he's the latest to just say, all right, I'm done with it. And players all season long, we've seen escalations. We've seen players get fans thrown out of games all season. Uh, we got to deal with people chaining themselves to things and gluing themselves to the court. That's a whole other part of the playoffs uh, that, that Adam Silver could do without. But for Kyrie Irving, he said his piece. And this won't be the end of it, right? We've got a long series ahead of us if game one was any indication. So plenty of opportunity for the Boston fans to be heard, and we'll see what Kyrie's next move uh, will be. Maybe he'll put a QR code on the back for a true message to fans like they did in those Central Florida spring game. Mm, so maybe, okay. maybe maybe he's got a whole biography online that you could read his true feelings of uh, when you respond to him courtside that uh, that that's going to be his response. The other being the vitriol, the anger, he can also channel the his inner Reggie Jackson. Remember, fans don't boo nobodies, which is why they're so <laughs> mad that he went away. Yes, uh, I don't I, see. I don't. I don't think he thinks about it that much. I. I, I, there's, <laughs> I just don't. I. I, I don't. I, I. I don't think Kyrie Irving lives any more than just five minutes into the future. You know what? We should all learn something from him. Then that's not a bad way to be. Not that you shouldn't plan for your future, but if this is the way you're also going to roll through it, I, I think that's kind of a pretty good way to go through life. Yeah, uh, it's it's a bad it's a I say it's it's a it's an unfortunate optic for the NBA. Anytime you have players flipping off fans, but if you said who's the one guy who's going to do it the most? Oh, it's Kyrie. It's it's Kyrie. It's Kyrie. And I, I I'm sure he didn't think about it. I'm sure he's you know he's frustrated at the moment, and then he went out and he balled. Right? That's kind of what Kyrie Irving does. No matter what happens when he gets on the court. He winds up balling, and and that's the one thing that's the saving grace for him and, and KD in this whole big craziness that's gone on with Brooklyn since they signed is that when they're motivated, when they get on the court, they're good. 
You know, there's just there's not enough of those moments, and they can't stand the court because <laughs> they're not healthy. And Kyrie, you know, didn't want to get vaccinated, so he didn't play, and he had to wait everything out. So there's those moments. But as far as on the court, it's great. And this is where I got another something for you here on this. Uh, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, in for Dan and the Danettes today. Um, even though Boston won this game yesterday and the Tatum's layup was just phenomenal, it was watching, watch, watching Kyrie on that last play like Hollywood and Wolfman, where'd he go? Where'd who go? Like, hey, if nobody saw Jason Tatum running by. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Brooklyn wins the next four games. Because the Celtics in this game, look, it's a lot closer to seven series. Uh, the East is a lot closer than, than, than the top of the West and the West is. Uh, they only got by in this game, Boston, because KD was just awful. And, and there's no way he has a day shooting like that again. Can Kyrie have another game like this? Absolutely. Absolutely he can. And they, you know, they got a little bit from their supporting cast, but it doesn't matter because in these early round games, uh, you, can, you can get by with two superstars. And uh, there's no way Kevin Durant has a game like he had yesterday. There's no way. And then conversely, when you want to look at the Nets, and the Nets got it from everywhere, right? I mean, the, uh, the Celtics got Celtics, it from everywhere. Yeah. I mean, every, Horford came out like he's 24 years old, like I'm going to dominate this game and score 50. You got everything you needed from your starting five. You had the star turn from Jason Tatum, and still it took this last gasp uh, play, which was a great play by the Celtics. Uh, it took that play to win this game. So I, 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 I look at this game and I go, man, Boston did everything they could. Their starting five was great. The Nets bench is actually a little bit better than the Celtics bench. Another reason why I can see the Nets doing this. And if, if that's the way that first game went, I can see the Nets saying, okay, we adjust a little bit. Kevin Durant shoots a little bit better. And the Nets can win the next four games. And, and suddenly the Celtics are going, what just happened to us? We won that huge game on in game one. We all touched the ball on the final play. It was a great example of teamwork. And we're losing to two guys because every game, KD's got 35 and, and, and Kyrie's got 30 and 15 assists. I can see a back door sweep for the Nets on this. Yeah, Robert Williams being out, certainly something shortens the bench and, and takes away a, a rim protector. Uh, I think as people saw Al Horford with his 20 and 15, they were looking, he have a kid? Because <laughs> he's, been, Horford's look, he's kid, been right? in the league a minute, though. Like that, yeah. That's all I'm saying. It, it, like Not that he's old by any stretch of the imagination. But well, he's 35. Yeah, but, he's there's, 35. But, the, but there's those players that it's like, whoa, you're looking, like, that guy's still playing? Really? And, and we're getting used to a lot of the juniors making their way into things. So, hey, why not? But 20 and 15, is can he replicate that? Eh, probably not. Uh, Brown and Tatum are going to get there. Smart had a fantastic game. But to your point, I mean, KD, 9 of 24, a minus 13, only four boards, three assists, uh, and had a big six in the turnover slot. That's that's the other thing. They had 16 turnovers uh, in this game. So you expect that to be be cleaned up, and, and it goes back to something you and I, and, and again, in our evening show, talked about a lot. I, I warned you, they get in, look out, they're, they're, they're a problem. Well, it's our, for, for, team, for teams like the like the Celtics that you know, the, okay, they're they're going to be a problem. They, you What's know, they're a problem? I mean, it's the Eastern Conference. They're a problem for everybody. Yeah, yeah well, well right. I mean, look, the Bulls, the Bulls almost yeah. even even got a got a win over the Bucks, if not for some phantom foul call on Williams boxing out 
uh, boxing out Giannis and, well, MVP candidates getting MVP calls. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, one game in, though, it's great to be able to talk about basketball. By the way, you mentioned Kyrie and the vaccination thing. I'm sure Adam Silvers would rather talk about uh, – he's happy he would rather be talking about middle birds than uh, than that. I don't know. I think I think he's got a candy dish of tums on his desk going, oh, we're going to talk about Kyrie. Oh, what happened? I was out of pocket yesterday, Bernice. What did I, what did I miss? <laughs> well, Kyrie, wait, he played, right? Yeah, so what happened? Ah, oh, the, the Nets lost on the last play. Oh, it's so exciting. The ratings must be great. Why do we have to talk about Kyrie Irving? Well, he flipped off the fans. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll figure out. Well, he did it a couple of times. Uh, okay. All right. Great, great. Well, and then he yelled at a fan and cursed at him on his way to the locker room. Okay, right, I'll get on that. And then he cursed a bunch of times in the post-game press conference and said he's going to continue to do it as long as the crowd does that to him. Uh, you know, Bernice, I need a minute. I need a, I need a Diet Coke and a minute. Where's my Tums? I'm going to start swallowing them as I get ready to handle yet another thing with Kyrie Irving. He's going to be banging his head on the desk every day going, another thing with Kyrie Irving. Bang. bang. Another another day with Kyrie. Another and, and, day and, with Kyrie. And here he thought he was going to get an update from Bernice, as you put it, uh, mm. for from the Easter egg hunt for the kids and grandkids. Nope. Mm, man. But I'm telling you, watch out. Watch out for that backdoor sweep by the Nets. It's Early, they get, you know, the two of them can do it. Get ready for the Nets to continue to win. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. 
comedian, writer and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Dan and the Danettes today. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. That's discover.com slash match. Limitations, they do apply. Well, in the midst of a big NF, uh, NBA weekend, let's see. We had the USFL comeback. We had Terrell Owens come back. And oh, by the way, we got superstar wide receivers right now who all are not going to be with their teams because they want new contracts. Joining us now on the hotline to break it all down. NFL scout, NFL network, NFL media, Fox sports analyst, and a guy who played both ways yesterday for the Michigan Panthers in the USFL's return. (laughs) It's Bucky Brooks. Bucky, what's happening, man? Yo, what's going on? How am I doing? Good, man. I I expected to see you out there. I was say, are you catching passes? I, th- I thought, it, I thought, didn't you pick off Paxton Lynch in a game? I, I pretty much yeah, thought I saw you I do mean, that. I mean, I think I can. I think I can pick off Paxton Lynch. And you know what? You might as well throw Shea Patterson in there, too. I think I'll get him, too. <laughs> See, now he's got a hit list of guys he wants to go out yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I love it. He's always the his- athlete, always competing. He's got his draft board on one, on, on one uh, whiteboard in his office, and then the next one is quarterbacks I want to pick off, and then Patterson and Paxton Lynch are at the top of the list. <laughs> That's a different way to watch games, Buck. Yeah, I like that. Oh, I could still get that guy. Uh, hey, well, what would you, what'd you, what'd you make of the USFL's return this weekend? I mean, look, man, I, I think ball ball is good ball. I think 
Oh, the challenge in terms of they only have three weeks to get ready to play, and so it's going to be a little rough uh, in the edges. But, I mean, if you're not expecting it to be the National Football League, then it's something to watch. It's something that's on. If you didn't want to watch the NBA playoff games, you click over and watch the USFL, and I'm certain that in a few weeks the play will improve and we'll get a chance to see a better product. But I don't think it's bad for the first time out. The, the long road begins with the first step, as they say. So we, they claim three million eyeballs, uh, sets of eyeballs over the course of the weekend. So uh, a decent start, Bucky. But in 10 days, uh, we're, we're talking draft, and that's your bread and butter NFL Network. I just linked out the seven mysteries that we talked about a little bit on our show yesterday. And I wanted to bring the, the DP show audience in on this one, Bucky. One of them was about uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and the idea of love of the game as we get ready and trying to analyze that you know as people try to mess with their their mock drafts Bucky what what can you give us uh, the insight on him and and who he is up at that top of the board yeah it came out Thibodeau was a number one recruit in high school when he came out um, of Oaks Christian he's an LA kid and you know he was a guy who went up to Oregon and there were a lot of hype and expectations about who he was going to eventually be as a player didn't really disappoint first year out the box he had nine sacks and did a solid job, especially 19 sacks in his career. The thing about Kayvon Thibodeau, he kind of leaves you wanting more because he has outstanding first-step quickness, tremendous burst, a very natural pass rusher, meaning he understands how the sequence moves. You want to see him develop a little more consistency in his game. But really the bigger problem that I think some scouts are having with him is trying to determine who he is because he's such a marquee name, because he was – a guy that was able to really seize and capitalize the NIL situation. There's some people that question whether he really loves the game. And so they'll point those questions and say, see, he doesn't play hard, he's inconsistent. And what I would say is he's a very bright guy. He's a guy who has a lot of things going on. But when you look at his natural talent, he is a guy that can play at a high level. I think for him, it's about ending up in the right environment where he has veterans and a coaching staff that can show him what the standard should be for a guy as talented as he is, and then they push him to meet that standard each and every day. Because if he finds that situation, he can live up to all of the hype and adulation and all of the expectations that people have placed on him since he was a teenager. See, if you're talking about love of the game, I, I pass on that and I go, I go draft Terrell Owens again. The guy's playing in the fan-controlled <laughs> football league and he scored a touchdown. I know he loves the game. I'll just draft T.O. again. I mean, look, man, T.O. still playing. Some people can't, they can't, they can't stop it. Like 48 years old, still want to catch touchdowns. God bless them. Because the way my body feels, I have no idea what it would even feel like to put pads on. Much less have another human being take off a 15-yard run and try and knock the stuffing out of me. But for T.O., he loves it more than I do at this point, so I'm going to let him have at it. He can continue to play and play for all the old people that are out there. It's you and I walking around the studio. You should see us on Sunday mornings, Jason, talking to each other and walking. Like, I mean, he's obviously been through the five years of NFL football and, and college ball and everything else. Me, uh, I, I peaked uh, young, but the body is still uh, – 
broken and beaten down. So we, we rally as best we can. But uh, Jason gives us uh, the, the good segue there, Bucky, with the, the wide receivers. Many guys ready for draft day, certainly, but you've got some big names looking to get paid. Debo, DK Metcalf, uh, McLaurin, uh, and A.J. Brown. you got four guys right there that are big-time contributors. Do you see any of them getting moved in the next 10 days? No, I don't see. I think those situations are different, see, because Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, one, they're older, and this also they were working on their third contract. For these guys, they're working on their first contract. So, yeah, the money has to go up because they're pro bowlers. I don't know if it necessarily has to go up to Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill uh, range, but it certainly has to go up. And I think when you are those teams that have those guys, you want to keep those guys because those guys are pillars of your offense, particularly when we think about Debo, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, those guys are focal points of your offense. D.K. Metcalf is a little bit of a different situation because he plays opposite Tyler Lockett. And also, when you look at his game, he's more of a straight-line vertical playmaker. And so I would say that might be a little easier to replace than the other guys, but I think all of these guys deserve the money for what they've been able to do and how important they are to their respective offenses. Bucky Brooks, our guest here on the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Dan and the Danettes. With that story today of the wide receivers who are all going to skip the on-field work because they want new money, right? Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. We know they all want want to get paid. Um, What's to stop a team from, oh, you know what? Yeah, there's good wide receivers in the draft, but hey, 49ers, here's an F them picks offer for Debo. And, and a team that's having some kind of salary cap constraints and go, well, you know, we can get a good guy in the draft. We don't want to trade him, but okay. Can, can, you, can, can these guys be, be had for F-them picks offers from other teams? I mean, I think you, I mean, I think you will get to a point where you can do that. Uh, the, the tricky thing is it's kind of hit or miss when you find those wide receivers. Like all those guys that you talk about, interestingly enough, were drafted outside of the first round. And so we have seen in recent years, that you can go outside of the first round and get your playmaker, much like people talk about running back. Yeah, you can find wide receivers in the second and third round. Those guys can pop and become all-stars. The tricky part of it from the team is can a guy right off the streets, right out of college, come in and give you what Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaughlin were giving you last year. I don't know if you can count on a rookie to be able to do that. And so it is a bit of a, a roll of the dice when you do it, but I do think you will see it become a position where you're always drafting receivers in that sweet spot because it's a de- draft, develop, and maybe move on position as opposed to a draft and develop and then pay big money for the position. All right, Bucky, a guy who's projecting to be a backup going forward but taking up a lot of oxygen. Uh, can you get Baker Mayfield? Can you, is he a guy on your list that you can pick off to? <laughs> Baker, Baker would get mad if I say that, but um, <laughs> you, know, you know, like I, I could land the cut and maybe swipe one away, you know, like because it gets tough for him because he can't really see over the middle of the field. I may be able to kind of hang in the bushes and get it, but you know, I think the Baker Mayfield conversation is one where uh, Mike and I talked yesterday about sometimes you can overplay your hand. It sounds great to better yourself. Until you bet on yourself and you crap out. And unfortunately for Baker, he bet on himself because he wanted to get a big payday because you got to remember last offseason is when the money was flying off the table where we saw Patrick Mahomes get his money, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. 
So Baker Mayfield rightfully wanted to be in the $40 million category. But you're the Cleveland Browns. Um, you go 10 and 6, you go to the playoffs, and you're looking at your quarterback who is basically driving a luxury car. There was nothing else that you could want on the Cleveland Browns car. He had two running backs. He had uh, elite wide receivers in OBJ and Jarvis Landry. He had tight. He had a great offensive line. But when it came down to could Baker Mayfield make plays to get them over the top, he couldn't do it. So he doubled down saying, I'm going to show them on the field. He gets hurt. He doesn't play well. And now when he's barking and bringing all of that other stuff, you know, that they don't talk about, they're like, yeah, we're good. We'll move on and get another quarterback. And so now I don't know if there's a starting job out there for Baker, despite being number one, despite leading this team to a playoff appearance. I don't know if there's a team out there that looks at him and says that he is an automatic upgrade over what we have. I think he is facing that harsh reality, and I think it will become a real reality once we get to draft that. He's on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks, a guy who can definitely see over the middle. That's at Bucky Brooks, former NFL star, scout, analyst, NFL media, our teammate here at Fox and Fox Sports Radio. Bucky, as always, appreciate the time. And uh, if you need to put out a message on social media so Baker doesn't get mad, we understand. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm ready for the smoke. All right. I'm ready for the smoke. I got it. That's my guy. <laughs> See you, Buck. Have a good one. Uh, See you, buddy. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe... 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finger Monday, Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Dan and the Danettes. 8.26 a.m. Pacific time, and the Twins have two runs. Yeah. Maybe day baseball, bre- baby. Yeah. Maybe, well, this is more than day baseball. This is left side of noonday baseball. Yeah. Maybe breakfast with the Twins should be a thing, and they should start all their games on the left side of noon, and maybe they'd be better. See, I kind of like the, this thing we're doing here on a Monday. Uh, honored, of, of course, to sit in for, for the legendary Dan Patrick, the Danettes, uh, and in this space, uh, meeting new friends across the, the timelines here at How About a Fresca at Swollen Dome. Uh, but day baseball certainly comes into, into effect. And I think we should start titling every one of our shows like we did here on Middle Finger Monday. So like it's a new episode of a television show. Ah, so it's okay, middle finger I like that. Monday. I like so that. when okay. you and I reconvene at seven o'clock Pacific time uh, this evening, we should have a, a new name for the, for the uh, this episode <laughs> of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. So I mean, we we keep that rolling, but lots of NBA playoffs fun uh, to dissect, no question. Uh, joining us now on the hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Rick Buecher. That is at Rick Buecher, Fox Sports One analyst. And as we're finding out, the person Kyrie Irving was flipping off during the game <laughs> yesterday. Uh, Rick, what's happening, man? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I love it when you guys pull back the curtain and you let people know exactly how you build this show and what you consider like the vital things to get down. What are we going to name the show? Wait a minute. What are we going to name the later show? Let's get well, but it's, it starts a, a, a vibe, you know. What's that? It starts the vibe, though, Rick, you know, because now we yeah. have a jumping off point uh, to give people the usual merriment you, that we bring to a nation and a world for four hours a you, night. You think I'm being facetious. I am being absolutely uh, genuine and sincere. Well, I, I love appreciate it. that. Yeah. See, Rick, Rick's into branding. He, he See, there it. we go. Look, he got. Look, he gets it. He, look, he, he's the guy that's voting for Giannis for MVP again, no matter what. He understands. <laughs> he's, he's getting it. Uh, hey, so let's uh, before we get to the MVP, let, let's start with Middle Finger Monday and Kyrie. Uh, sure. Look, he had a great game yesterday. I think this is a little overblown with Kyrie. Obviously, you'd rather him not do it, but I get that players are upset with fans, and and the more the more they get yelled at, they feel fans have carte blanche. So I get it, and it's not affecting him on the court at all. So yeah, you'd rather him not do it, but I don't know that this is that big a deal, is it? 
Huh. Is it is it a big deal? Well, it's uh, it's a it's a big deal because it's Kyrie Irving and everything that Kyrie Irving does is a big deal, particularly when it comes to interacting with fans. Because this isn't, you know, he this has been ongoing. I mean, he did it in Cleveland, had a back and forth. He stepped on Lucky during the playoffs last year. Uh, I believe it was during the playoffs last year, game mm-hmm. game four. Um, and so, it, it, but it, I think where it becomes a big deal is the fact. Of that Kyrie tries to present himself in a certain way. And I just don't see this as being very mature. Are fans more raucous than they've ever been? I'm not sure that they are. I think that we just have more video evidence and audio, and it's shared around the world more than it ever has as a result of social media. But I'm confused by Kyrie on one point. Look, pretty simple. I he, I was always, uh, I was always told like, don't lower yourself. People are doing stupid stuff. Doesn't mean you have to lower yourself to do stupid stuff. And because Kyrie likes to think of himself as being enlightened and tells us he's enlightened and is is all about uh, you know joy, peace, and happiness. I don't quite understand. Okay, so now you're gonna you're gonna lower yourself to the level of the fans that are. Uh, shouting things and saying things and et cetera. And, and uh, to be honest, I mean, he spent enough time in Boston to know what the Boston fans are like. And when you tell them, I want to, I will resign here if you'll have me. And you basically lie to them or turn your back on them and go to Brooklyn. Like, what do you expect? (laughs) So, that's the part I don't understand. Like, if, if Kyrie, if you understand humanity the way you say you do, then why are you surprised? And if you are as enlightened as you are, why are you getting into the gutter with the fans that are that are expressing the worst behavior? That's all of that is what I don't understand when it comes to Kyrie. So in that regard, is it a big deal? No, I, I mean honestly, I really don't care. But if you're asking me as we try to puzzle out who Kyrie is, then yes. And let's face it, we, we love the soap opera and the drama, whether it's between players or players and fans or players in the league or whoever it is. We enjoy that as much or more as, than the actual play on the court. I did enjoy the the timing because uh, winning time uh, this week, Rick, has a lot about Lakers, Celtics, and Celtics fans. So that was kind of entertaining to watch that flow yeah. as well. Yeah. But well, are they winning I, this I, I series? Don't know that I'm gonna take, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to take winning time as a straight-up documentary, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, you got a little flavor uh, of, hey, welcome to Boston. Uh, but to that end, we, we talk about Middle Finger Monday and Kyrie and, and the game he had, but the game itself was fantastic, including one of the yep. craziest finish, uh, just uh, guys flying all over, and then Tatum with the lay-in. Uh, but the Nets didn't get much from Kevin Durant. He's better. What are you expecting out of the series? Uh, I expect him to certainly be better, but this is one of the what, – what you saw in that last play and the issue between Kyrie and, and KD as far as both of them being effective at the same time, you see the challenge uh, for the Nets is far greater than, say, Marcus Smart and, Jalen, uh, and Jason Tatum 
and Jalen Brown all being effective at the same time. And that um, with Kyrie and KD, you, you got two guys that are both hunting for their shot first and foremost. And it's only when they can't get to where they want to go. Uh, the, the last possession for Boston, you know, as good as Kyrie was, like he dribbled out the clock, he couldn't get loose. And then he, you know, finally, he's not going to get loose. He kicks it to KD, and now KD has, to t- has a short clock and has to take a desperation three. Uh, finding a way to integrate both of them as a threat at the same time is key to this working. Otherwise, it's you take a turn, I take a turn. It's going back to the same thing we saw in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook and, and Kevin Durant. And that can be really good. When you're that talented, uh, when you have two guys that are that talented, you're going to be really good. But can it win you a championship? Not when you have other teams like the Bucks, and in this case, what the Boston Celtics demonstrated last night, where everybody can be a threat at the same time, and you have at least one or two guys who are looking to find the, the, the best opportunity, the, the best shot, as opposed to the best shot they can get. Rick Buecher, our guest, the Dan Patrick Show, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Dan and the Danettes. All right, so from this game, I, I want to try to help Steve Kerr, uh, Rick, because he really has the most first-world problems of any NBA head coach. What do we do now? Jordan Poole is terrific. He's a star. Does Steph still come off the bench? What happens? Um, I think it's pretty easy. I think Clay is the guy that's got to go to the bench, quite honestly. When Steph is ready to play, Steph can play. Jordan Poole is much better when he starts. I know it's a difficult conversation, but if you're bent on saying this is going to be the lineup, I think it's pretty easy. Steph and Jordan Poole start, and Clay comes off the bench. Yeah, and I don't know that it's that difficult of a conversation. It, it's, um, hey, Jordan's got it going. We're, we're, he's going to start. You're coming off the bench, Clay. I, I, and uh, Steve has the, you know, he has the, the wherewithal to do that because of his track record, uh, because of his accomplishments. I mean, you know, he's going to channel, he's going to channel Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich, both of whom he played for, uh, to, to have that conversation. And it might be a little bit difficult, but I, I honestly, it, I feel as if Clay is all about the right things. It, I don't, I really don't think that he's going to have that big of a problem with it. Now, all that said, I, I was at game one, and I'm not ready to anoint the Warriors as either the best or the second best or even the third best team in the league uh, just yet because a lot of things went their way in that game. And I was watching Steph, and I'm watching Clay and – Neither one of them physically is right. Uh, Clay still doesn't have the same lift, and he didn't have any matchups. And, and with Jordan going off, it was never an issue. Steph clearly is not moving the same, not shooting the same. So it's just a matter of can these guys evolve as they go forward? Because I would expect that this this series is still going to get a lot tougher. And certainly what they have in front of them is going to get a lot tougher. And I'll be interested to see how Steph and Clay evolve because that was my, that was my big 
one of the bigger takeaways is like, man, this was easy for them to win. Didn't say much about Denver. Um, but like just watching Steph and Clay individually, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to say that the band is back together and they're ready to go. All right, Rick, uh, Jason alluded to it earlier. We got to, now that we know our finalists for MVP, are you ready to have that really well-attired guy from the funeral show up if you uh, show hatred towards Joel Embiid? <laughs> well, no, because because uh, he was at the top of my ballot. So I'm, uh, I don't know that I'm going to, I'm going to get any of that. Uh, I, I, the, the three finalists were, the three names at the top of my ballot. And ultimately I just, I felt um, the push for both Jokic and Giannis was a matter of um, being a little bit prisoner of the moment that, that people were looking hard at the last month and not the way the season started and not considering all that the Philadelphia 76ers had to navigate and quite honestly, how Joel Embiid had to mature, not just as a player on the floor, but as a leader uh, to get them through the whole Ben Simmons cloud and hangover. And, uh, and so I, I just I couldn't ignore that. I, I, if Jokic wins, if Giannis wins, I have, I have no problem. But for me, I didn't want to ignore what Joel Embiid did in the face of what the 76ers faced as a result of the Ben Simmons saga saga and the fact that they were just as good uh, with all of that turmoil and not having Ben Simmons for the better part of the year, that they were just as good, if not better. And Joel Embiid had such a big hand in that. I, and I don't know that anybody would have expected it. He's my MVP. I just like that now we've got another day of having to have an NBA MVP conversation because we need a daily conversation <laughs> on who the MVP I think that's going to be a feature next year, who well, the MVP yeah. is today, every single day of the count, yeah. from opening night to the end of the season, who's the MVP. Every day we have MVP rankings. Yeah, especially, especially during the playoffs when the, when the MVP has nothing to do with now. Like, right. Our <laughs> yeah. friend Nick Wright was, was just – you know, crowing because he's not a Nikola Jokic fan. Uh, they lose game one against the Warriors because Aaron Gordon sees a ghost and decides, hey, I don't want to play. I'm not sure I can play today. Um, or whatever it is. I don't know. That's, that was my impression. Uh, but uh, Jokic loses game one of the playoffs, and now that is testimony that he doesn't deserve to be MVP. I'm like, no, these, these games don't count. This doesn't matter. This isn't, this isn't what it's about. So, um, but yeah, by all means, let's continue to revisit who was the regular season MVP based on how they play in the playoffs. I think that's a great idea. He's on Twitter at Rick Buecher. That is at Rick Buecher. Uh, Rick, as always, buddy, appreciate it. Uh, on the Ball podcast as well. Check it out. All the info on his page there uh, at Rick Buecher. Thanks a bunch, man. We'll talk to you later on this week. My pleasure, gentlemen. Enjoy the game. See you, Rick. Right. Thanks. There goes Rick Buecher. Now, I mean it, Mike. Every day, opening night, we have MVP. We have the top 10 MVP rankings every single day, and we have to contractually talk about it. Well, every day, that, we have to talk we, about it. I mean, because you and I, in our evening show, I mean, we celebrate rat rankings whenever we can across the great cities of our United States. So, I mean, add that to the MVPs. I mean, we've got gold, Jerry. Gold! Mm. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.